Welcome to episode number 20. It's another six-minute Monday where I give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on the football field. Thing number one, thing number one, exercise that I'm experimenting this week. It is an, I'll call it a decelerative, static, iso-hold band curl. What the heck does that mean? Well, imagine doing a band curl, come up normally, or explode up, bang! Then, as you're coming down, I want you to let the band pull you down, pull your arms down, and instead of letting it go all the way down, I want you to hold that band at the midpoint, where your forearms are parallel to the ground, and I want you to hold it for seven seconds. So now, not only did you work on the decelerative decelerative portion of the lift where you're catching the band but now you have the static hold squeeze the hell out of that handle squeeze it squeeze it squeeze it let the vein pop out of your forearm and then let the the band drop down to the very bottom and start over again great move sick pump it works on deceleration it also works on static holds uh try it You'll, you'll get a sick pump you'll thank me for it later all right thing number two exercise tip of the week. Exercise tip of the week is that you cannot out-train your mouth. I'm coming off of a giant cheat day. I gained about six pounds yesterday, and my original thought this morning, the first thing I thought about when I woke up was, oh my god, I need to burn this off right now. Like, this all has to go away right now. And I was going running at Owl Howell Field, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to do my normal normal sprint routine. I'm going to do a sick conditioning drill and lose all six pounds today. But that saying came back in my head, and I realized this is stupid. Uh, I'll be sore. I won't be able to work out for the rest of the week. Let's gradually chip away at this thing. Let's eat right, and let's realize that there's nothing there's nothing I'm going to do on this field today that's going to compensate for everything I did, I'll say, in the kitchen or in the snack bar yesterday. All right, thing number three, routine in the intelligent man is a sign of ambition. That is the quote that I've been thinking about uh, for the whole week. I'll say it again. Routine in the intelligent man is a sign of ambition. And this is going to, I'm going to do a two-for-one here. Because I usually give a quote that I'm thinking about, and also I give a productivity tip of the week, so this is going to be number three and number four. So that quote that I've been thinking about is going to lead to a productivity tip that I'm going to give you. Let's talk about the quote first. The quote means that a smart man looks for routine to free up capacity for time and attention so they could use their creative mind or their efforts to do other more effective things. Right? I don't want to spend on this is going to go to my productivity t- tip uh, in the morning. I don't want to spend my time and attention thinking about what kind of clothes to wear. So what I do for work every time I go into work is I wear the same style clothing: a black button-down shirt, gray pants, black shoes. Bang, done. I don't need to think about it anymore. And this isn't something that I came up with on my own. I, I had heard about it from Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, and I read that Jim Harbaugh did the same thing. It's just one less thing to think about. So, I'll say the quote again, which is number three, routine in the intelligent man is a sign of ambition. And then the productivity tip that I'd have for you, if it's possible, if you don't care too much about your image, is to wear the same type of clothing to work every single day. Okay, thing number five. This comes again from the book that I mentioned last week from Scott Adams, How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big. He talks about the the concept of simplification versus optimization. All right, so there's simplifiers and there's optimizers. So the simplifier is going to look for the easiest way to perform a task, knowing that some extra effort could have produced a better outcome. The optimizer is going to go for that extra effort, knowing that the complexity of that extra effort could increase the odds of unexpected problems. So what the heck does this mean? Well, let's take it to a level of uh, football. As a, as, let's say you're an outside linebacker coach. Something that we preach all the time is if there's a down block and under the kickout. There's a down block get under the kickout. So that means that there's going to be a down block from somebody. There's a kickout block coming. Your job as an outside linebacker is to get underneath that kickout block. Now, 
that. That's what a simplifier would say. An optimizer is going to say, look, there are times where you really don't want to get into the kickout. There's times where the coverage behind you isn't going to allow you to kick that ball out to someone. There's going to be nobody there. For me, as a simplifier, I'm saying, who cares? Let's make these guys machines. Let's make them awesome at getting under that kickout block. And if there are times where they're going to spill the ball to nobody, let's just deal with it and make up for it. The optimizer is going to say, nope, we got to teach them on certain plays where we're not getting under the kickout, we're hammering in. And there's other plays where we are getting under the kickout block and spilling it. For me, I, I prefer that simplicity. I know that more efforts can, could potentially produce an outcome, a better outcome. But in my world, that extra complexity, uh, I'm not willing to live with those increased odds of unexpected problems. All right, so that's a great quote from that book. It's a great section of that book, I should say. Highly recommend you read it and think about it in your life. I'd say step away from this podcast and think about where you've seen simplification work and where you've seen optimization work and trying to find a good balance of the two. Thing number six, the craziest thing that I've seen in the gym, uh, this is actually a story about me. I was running, this is a long time ago, I was in college and I was working on a conditioning test for myself. I was working on 16 110s, and I'm on like my 10th 16 110, and at the time I didn't know how to breathe properly, so I'm taking these giant breaths inside my mouth <sighs> as I'm running, as I'm going down the field. I was at about the 50-yard line, about halfway through my movement, and as I'm breathing in, <gasps> I feel the stinging inside my throat, and now I can't breathe. I'm on the ground. <sighs> I'm hacking. There's something in my throat at this point. I get on my hands and knees. I'm, I'm just kind of screaming, coughing. <coughs> People are running over to me that are working out at this college where I was working out at the time. And uh, it turns out, I had a, as I hack, <coughs> I spit up, and on the ground right in front of me is a bee, still alive. So during these 16 110s, I was at Muhlenberg College running them. Shout out to... Uh, Rob Mulligan and Sean Mulligan, who went to Muhlenberg College, by the way, and uh, spit up a bee. The people thought I was a legit psychopath until they realized that, that I had swallowed a bee while I was running 16 110s. Another great reason to not uh, completely and totally inhale and exhale through your mouth as you're running a conditioning test that I would now say is borderline insane slash useless. All right, that is our six-minute Monday. We hit it in about six minutes. Thank you all for your time. Talk to you soon.